Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. really to continue this series uh, that we started last week uh, for the next few minutes and talk about what it means to leave a legacy and the power of leaving a legacy. And I think often in uh, life makes much out of things that matter, that matter very little. Come on, are you with me? And, uh, but when we shift our focus, everything changes. And I think when service becomes our passion, when eternity becomes our focus, when people become the deepest concern of our heart, and, and when we see generosity as our great privilege, you know, that's when the focus of our lives kind of goes in a different direction and, and really determines a new path. And really it becomes, uh, and we know in our heart of hearts that we're truly making a difference in our, uh, with our lives. And I think that's an important thing that we need to live our life for things that really matter. Come on, say amen. Amen. So, you know, I want to ask you today to listen with a, a, a hearing ear today. Uh, the, the fact is you might hear some things today that you don't agree with or that challenge you a little bit. Uh, I only want to ask you this. Please ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to your heart just what he'd have you to hear, what he'd have you to know today, amen? And uh, I know God will, amen? So let's pray. Father, thank you for this, your word. Thank you for its purpose and place in our life. And I pray, Lord, that you would stir our hearts, open our ears, speak to us in your mighty name, amen. Well, many years ago, I was in a church service just like this, and uh, I was not in full-time ministry yet. And I was in the, in the back, and we had this special speaker that was talking on a subject that, that honestly, as he was talking, I didn't agree with anything he was saying. <laughs> in fact, the farther he got into it, the more mental argument you know, start, was, was building inside of me. And I mean, uh, I just didn't agree with this theology. I had my own ideas, my own plan. I had Bible scriptures that were popping up that I was, you know, and I was going through this big old argument in my, in my mind. And, and I, cause I had these, uh, you know, what I call them, uh, you know, my, my, my pet theologies or, you know, these precious ideas, right? Stuff that I believed in that I thought I was right. And I was at, at a place of defiance. You know, I dared anybody defy this, right? And the Bible verses, right? To back up my own position, I had them. And right in the midst of this thing that's going on, you know, right in the midst of my own self-seeking, I know more than this guy's smugness, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. And, uh, and, and I heard God say, be careful. Be careful that you don't pass judgment on things that you may not fully understand yet. And oh, the fact was I had passed judgment. <laughs> I was grinding this guy up like a, with like hamburger and a meat grinder, you know what I mean? Uh, with my own mental arguments. So I just stopped right then and there and I said, God, okay. Forgive me, 
you know, for having this know-it-all attitude. And, and I just, in the back of the room, I just said, God, okay. I turned all, I'm turning all these things over to you. I laid those down, my, my theologies and my ideas. And I said, okay, God, I don't know it all, but you do help me. And that was my simple prayer. I didn't, nothing more than that. And I listened to the rest of the message, just kind of listened to it. And, uh, and we got to the end of the message and, and the, the gentleman pulled this, I had an altar call, people came forward and I was part of the prayer team. So I went up to the front to pray with this guy who had just committed his life to Jesus. And the guy was this six, seven young man, you know, and big dude and he's standing there in front of me and I'm, I step up and I'm about to lay my hands on him just to put my hand on his uh, and, and pray for him. And I didn't even get my hand on him and bam, this guy gets hit by the power of God and he just lands on the ground, boom, goes down like a ton of bricks. I'm going, whoa, what just happened here? And it's like, this is crazy. That's never happened before. And God spoke to me right then and there and said, see what you've been holding back because you thought you had it all figured out. And he said, you know, when you give me those things that are precious in your own eyes, in your own mind, he said, see what I can do and let me do it. And listen, I, I was introduced to a power that I'd never experienced before. And uh, I'm not saying that has happened every time since, but in that moment, that was an amazing moment of God just revealing something that he wanted to do. And, uh, when, and it really just spoke to me that when we give God the precious in our lives, he always does something beyond anything that we've ever seen before. Look at your key Bible verse in your notes today. It says this, uh, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth. Don't you just love that? Goeth forth and weepeth. We're in the King James version today, okay? Come on, King Jimmy in the house, right? Come on, Big J, all right. <laughs> uh, let's go back to it because we totally lost it there. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And here it is. He says, those that go forth and weep, weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless. Hold on to those that were doubtless. We'll come back to get. But listen, precious seed. He's saying, when you sow precious seed, I mean, when something is precious, there's something different about it, right? It, 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 it's, there's something about something precious. I mean, listen, to this day, if you go to the, a seed store, you can find seed that is good seed. You can find seed that is better seed, rated. There's a rating on it. And then you can find what is best. It's like, ladies, you understand this with your jewelry, right? You have the good jewelry. You have the, the, the uh, better jewelry, right? The everyday jewelry. Then you have the better stuff or, you know, those dates that your husband is supposed to take you out with every week. Come on, right? Come on. Get, ladies, I need an amen there. All you married ladies, right? Okay. And then you have the, the precious stuff, the precious jewelry, right? That's the stuff that, you know, that uh, is, 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 you know, if, if, if you lost it, would break your heart, right? And if you knew somebody was going to take it, you'd break their arm <laughs> before they got to it, right? That's the precious stuff. 
And so we understand that the Bible is like that. God's will is like that. You know, in your notes I wrote, something becomes precious when it becomes valued above all else. And it's like that with the will of God, right? There is a will of God for your life that is good. There's a w- the will of God that is pleasing to God. And then there's the will of God that is perfect, right? Uh, P- Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that, why? So that you may discern what is good, what is pleasing, and perfect will of God. God wants you walking in the, his perfect will. You can hang around with the good. You can do, you know, the stuff that is maybe pleasing, but then there's the perfect will of God where you're walking in his plan. And here's what I want you to see from this verse. He's talking about precious seed, right? Precious seed, seed becomes precious when it's released, And God is talking about being generous here. He is inviting us to turn our our seed into precious seed by sowing it. And when your seed goes into production for God, that's when it becomes precious. It'll It'll never become precious as long as it stays with you, okay? It just won't happen. Listen. You know, people say to me all the time, oh, Pastor Brad, when I win the lottery, man, I'm gonna buy this building for our church. Uh, I, I look at him and I'm thinking this, no, you won't. You're not going to do that because you're not going to do what you aren't doing now. What you're doing now dictates what you'll do then. Come on, are you with me? So, uh, but here's something. Let's look at it in your notes. The next point it says, when you release the precious, uh, release the precious, God introduces you to the supernatural. How does that happen, PB? Well, let me say, let me, let me show you. How many are familiar with the story of Moses? Okay, Moses, we, we're, Moses, you know, is, uh, grows up in the court of Pharaoh. You read about this in Exodus. And through an act of God, he's rescued by an Egyptian princess. He grows up, sees the hardship of God's people, and, uh, and does something stupid that gets him in trouble. And now he has to flee Egypt because he's done something illegal. And, uh, and he finds himself in the desert for 40 years. And then God shows up. God shows up and begins to speak to him and asks him to go back into Egypt and be, lead his, God's people out of their slavery. And Moses, Moses panics. He says, how can I face the king of Egypt? And God asks him a question in Exodus 4.2. And here it is. So the king said to him, what is in your hand? Or so so the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said, a rod. Well, a lot of people believe, uh, some people believe that that this rod was not the the shepherd's staff that a, a shepherd would have, but that it was something that Moses had brought with him from Egypt. It was the last thing that he had from his time in Egypt. It was the last thing that he had that reminded him of the man he used to be. And here he is, he has this rod and God says, what is in your hand? God says, I want you to release that that is precious to you. He says, throw it down. And of course, what happens when Moses throws it down, it becomes a snake. And Moses, you know, I think it became a king snake because if you read the story, you know that it, this, you know, Moses' snake ate all the snakes that the Egyptian priests <laughs> produced, right? And, uh, but God wanted to introduce Moses to the supernatural, and that's how he did it. When 
Moses released what was precious to him, God introduced him to the supernatural. And I truly believe that's a principle that we can, that will happen in our life. It was just like that for me. When I released my precious theologies and just said, okay, God, I don't know it all, but I trust you, the supernatural showed up. It was my introduction to a whole new level of power. And, and not only does God want us, want us to step into that supernatural, which, can I be honest with you? I believe that there is a power move of God coming. It's going to be the next move of God in our nation. It'll be a pow- move of power. It'll be a move of signs and wonders and miracles. I truly believe that. But not only does God want you to step into that place of supernatural and prepare you to do that as you release what is precious, he wants you to step in the dimension uh, of the doubtless. See, it says in that verse, they shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. God wants us, wants the precious so we can bring, so he can bring us into the dimension of the doubtless. Well, the, the fact is there's a lot of doubt happening in Christianity right now, especially in American and in the Western world in Christianity, because we have been under a barrage of, of continual uh, anti-Christian rhetoric that is causing people to begin to lose their faith. And it's caused people to start asking questions and stirring things that, 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 they've never, that have never happened in their life before. And, and when you start to question all the things that you've always believed, see, that's the enemy trying to sow doubt in your heart. God wants us to live doubtless instead of doubtful. And this world will fill you with doubt, all right? But he says, when you release the precious to me, doubtless, you will come again rejoicing. You're going to bring the sheaves with you. Amen? Look at this verse in, in Matthew, Mark 11, 22 and 24. Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, is doubtless, but believes that those things he says shall be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, doubtless and you will have them. That's the realm of doubtless. Come on, are you with me? That's the realm of faith-filled, on fire, make a difference kind of people, amen? And that's what God's calling us to be. Come on, amen? Here's four things, or just a few, four of many things I think God calls precious, but I, I didn't have time to list them all, but let me just give you four, okay? Here's the first one. Pursuing the word of God is precious in God's, to God. Proverbs 20:15 says, there's gold and abundance of jewels, but the lips of knowledge are, more, are a more precious thing. What he's saying is those that have the word of God on their mouth, that have the knowledge of the word of God, having God's word on your lips is precious to God. Why did Paul say, brethren, I would not want you to be ignorant several times as he taught the churches? Why did he say, study to show yourselves approved unto God? He said, get into this book, read this book, study this book. It has the answers that you need for your life. And my question is, do you study it? Do you read it? Do you, you know, or, you know, are, have you, are you ignorant of what it says? Do, do, Paul doesn't want us to know what's in these pages because it's promises, how it encourages, how it brings hope. And you've got to read it and study it to get 
that draw that out of draw that out of the book. You know, some people say, "Well, Pastor Brad, I, I haven't heard God. I, I don't. I don't. I haven't heard the God." Well, if you want to hear God, you start reading this. You read God, and you'll begin to hear God. I promise you. If you read God, you'll begin to hear God. It just happens. Amen? You, you can't start reading God and not start hearing God. You open it. You read it. Listen, it will read you too. <laughs> Amen? Hey, there are some things that you just can't, there's no substitute for, right? Listen, when, when you're thirsty, I mean really thirsty, there is no substitute for some good old H2O. Amen? Come on, somebody say amen. Amen? Right, well, it's the same with the God's Word. Nothing, there's no substitute for it. Read it, study it. That's precious in the sight of God. Listen, this book will keep you from sin. But sin will keep you from the book too, amen? So are you with me all? Come on. Amen. So study. Do you study? The word is precious. Here's something else that is precious to God. Death is precious to God. You go, man, that's funny, Pastor Brad. Look at Psalm 116, 15. It says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. God says death is precious to him. And you know why? Because death is no longer the end. Death doesn't follow life. Life follows death. So, amen. We have a Savior who rose from the grave and defeated death once and for all. For 6,000 years, death ruled the world. But then Jesus came. Come on. And he defeated death. And no longer do we, have to be, do, uh, do we have to be controlled and in fear of death. I love the story of how God picked Aaron's tribe to be the, high, the priesthood, right? It's in numbers. And God, you know, God said, Aaron's going to be my priest. His descendants are going to priest. They're going to be the ones that serve in my house. And the people got upset and said, well, well, what makes Aaron so much better? And God says, okay, okay, listen, all of you get a staff or a stick and y'all line them up, one from every tribe, line them up in the temple and we're going to leave them there in the dark and in the morning, who's ever staff comes to life or stick comes to life that's the one I choose in the morning what happened Aaron's rod or Aaron's staff had budded it had blossomed it had fruit on it all the others were still dead folks you know that's a picture of life today in our world today you know people say well why don't we listen to the teachings of Buddha or why don't we because uh, you know there's wisdom there or, or you know Hare Krishna or Muhammad or or the Baha'i faith or the other faiths you know Hinduism and all those other things what about all those Pastor Brad well okay okay I'll, I'm, let's just take all of their leaders okay and we'll just take all their leaders and we'll put them all in a room in the dark okay line their bodies up in the dark and then in the morning in three days we're going to check see who's alive amen well i guarantee you in every grave every place where they live all that remains is some dust of where they used to be amen except one his name is Jesus. Do you know why death is precious to God? Because every time somebody dies, it reminds him that he, death was a pathway to bring life to us. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh, my, my. Feel like preaching today. Teachers tell it, preachers yell it. Come on, amen. <laughs> 
Amen. All right. That's why we can say, oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Come on, are you getting this today? Jesus. The prophet Isaiah said, Jesus is a cornerstone. The cornerstone is a precious thing. And God gave his most precious for you and I. He gave what was most precious to him. And you know, that's why he has the right to ask us for what's most precious to us. Because he's already gave the most precious thing he had. When Solomon became king, he's just a boy, right? He's just a young man. And, and there's, it's time for the sacrifice. And so they're all going to the place of sacrifice. And they're taking their, their, their offering, right? And Solomon, you know, he's, he's going with everybody. And everybody else brings their lamb to sacrifice. The priests are sacrificing them to God. But Solomon doesn't just bring a lamb. Look at what this verse says, okay? Come on. In, uh, where is it now? In 1 Kings 3. Can you put that up there on the board? Bam. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important hot place. And Solomon offered not one, not a hundred, but how many? A thousand burnt offerings. So, you know, here's everybody showing up with their lamb. And then so here comes Solomon. <laughs> you know, it's a th can you imagine the people that were in charge of the sacrifice, right? All of a sudden they see this herd of thousand coming. The fact is, it wasn't just a thousand lambs. The Bible said, you know, if you, you dig into this, it was a thousand choice lambs. What it meant by choice lambs, what it means is this was the lambs that was part of his breeding stock. It was the best. He was bringing the best of his future. It was all wrapped up in this offering that he was bringing to, to God. Amen. And guess what happens? The next night, look what it says. At Gibeon, same place, at Gibeon, next night, the Lord appeared to Solomon. And during that night in a dream, God says, ask for whatever you want me to give you. You know, I've asked God many times, God, what do you want me to do for you? But I've never had him show up and say, Brad, what do you want me to do for you? But God sees this that he brings. He brings the precious. He brings the representation of his future. Come on, amen? And, and goes beyond his precious. And God, God sees and honors him and blesses him. Here's the fourth thing I think is so important for us to remember. Here's the, the one more thing that is precious to God. It's when you pour out, pouring out your precious on the, on the body of Christ. I love the story in Matthew 26. It's while Jesus was in Bethany. Uh, it says, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume which she poured out on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. The fact is we know that Judas was behind. He was the instigator. Because it was a there was enough money, it was a worth of a year's salary, a year's wages. He says, This that's the high price. Why could this wasn't sold? And aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.